and doing those long runs uh, races there's no instant gratification it's it's going to take some time and uh and so but once you do it man you look back on it just like in your, your faith you look back on the times that god's brought you through certain things hello again everybody jason dennis your host for the Run the Race podcast here. Hope you are doing great wherever you are in life right now. And uh, It is officially now the fall season, so hopefully the weather will contribute and be a little nicer for us if you're out there running, walking, or anything else. And we are talking to a, a pastor who is also an ultra marathon runner as well. Uh, Adam Churchwell is going to talk to us about his uh, running adventures, a fitness advice for you, whatever level you're at. Uh, his transition from being a teacher and a and a karate instructor to the ministry, uh, and now he is a student pastor. Uh, talks about how we can show our faith and church during this pandemic. So, looking forward to hearing from him. Uh, also about uh, something that I had a chance to join him on just for a few minutes. Him and a friend recently did a 24-hour run and walk, uh, raising money, thousands of dollars, for the Alzheimer's Association. So in 24 hours, they ran or walked 70 miles. Just imagine that, going that far. Some people say that's a long way to drive in in a day, much less uh, walk and run in one day. So we're going to talk to Adam about that. And uh, I uh, had a chance to run my first uh, ultramarathon earlier this year in Indiana. I was hoping for a 50K, but I ended up with about 28 miles and some change because it was extremely hot, triple-digit heat index there. So hopefully I'm going to get my first 50K or maybe eventually a 50-miler in there sometime. But uh, I'm, I'm happy with my marathons for now, my 26.2 miles. So we'll see how it goes. And uh, we're talking today about, you know, also running for a cause. You know, he, he raised money for Alzheimer's research. And, uh, you know, running for something bigger than yourself or, or you know, raising money. It could be, uh, you know, something that, that you're doing. It doesn't have to be running. Uh, something that uh, you're passionate about and you're raising money for something important. Now, a lot of races have uh, nonprofits attached to them. I'm a part of something now called the UWVR 104.8. It's the United Way Virtual Run. And the 104.8, that's four marathons in 45 days. This started back on September 10th. And it goes for a month and a half, and you're kind of virtually on the Appalachian Trail in Georgia, as you can see where you are as you go. I think I've got about 20 miles to go now that I'm recording this. And uh, you can go to the Appalachian Trail and back, uh, you know, the, the, so you can end um, with uh, maybe 209, 210 miles. So we'll see how that goes. And I also, several months ago, did the COVID-19 Miles for Hope. Uh, where I raised about $7,000 for Mercy Med, a local nonprofit uh, faith-based uh, clinic here in the Columbus, Georgia area. That was a quite tedious 150 laps or loops around my TV station, WTVM, here in Columbus. So uh, uh, very interesting, to say the least. So uh, just, you know, find something you're that you really care about, that you, maybe there's something you're good at, and uh, use that. Uh, as a way to help others and to raise money because uh, there's, you know, a lot of donations are down during this COVID-19 pandemic. So it's a great way to to give back, whether it be if you're a a runner, uh, if you're an attorney, if you're a teacher, whatever it is, uh, just find something and get out there and do it and uh, use it to to help whatever cause that you're passionate about as well. Because for me, you know, my passions include fitness and faith. That's what we talk about it here on a weekly basis. 
on this podcast, which you can find anytime, WTVM.com slash podcast. You can listen to any of the previous 38 episodes. And if you go on Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to go to the bottom there of the page. They're on the app. They don't always make it easy. And uh, get a a five-star rating and write a quick one or two-sentence review. We'd love for you to tell us what you think about uh, this podcast, my hosting, uh, the uh, interesting guests that we have each and every week. And uh, speaking of that, our guest uh, uh, for uh, this week is Adam Churchwell, uh, who's been married for 25 years. They have three kids. He graduated from Columbus State University back in June of 1997 with an early child education degree, so he was teaching. We also opened a karate school in January of 1998, had that karate school for almost 15 years, and he's been on staff at a mega church locally, Cascade Hills Church, uh, for the last decade, since August of 2010. Uh, in terms of his running career, he ran uh, his first marathon, the Soldier Marathon, eight years ago here on the, in the Fort Benning area. He's also run across Georgia with a relay team four times. That's 262 miles split amongst eight to ten people usually. And he's run the Georgia Jewel. It's a, a 50-mile trail run that he did about three years ago in September of 2017. And just recently, that 24-hour run, 70 miles with his friend Buddy Dutois, a previous guest of the Run the Race podcast, uh, just in the last few days. So here's what Adam says about that. Thanks so much for joining us. I hey, appreciate thank, it. Thank you for having me. You took off your mask, and I can see your, your full beard there yeah. still. Yeah. <laughs> the the uh, the pandemic beard, I guess. Are you yeah. still growing that? Still growing. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> well, first, uh, you know, I, I had a chance to join you recently. Um, you and another friend, Buddy, who is a previous guest, Buddy Dutois, on this podcast. Uh, you guys decided to go out and run, walk for 24 hours, which is an impressive feat. Um, and we're going to talk today about, you know, your, uh, your, your um, kind of adventures through teaching and karate and into the ministry now as a high school pastor. But at first, I wanted to talk to about this 24-hour run walk. You guys made it 70 miles in that time. So what made you want to do something like this? That may be a question from a lot of our listeners. Yeah, so, you know, me and Buddy have been running together for a while, and, and uh, we listen to different podcasts, read different books, and talk about them on our runs, and and one of the things we're talking about is, you know, uh, pushing ourselves, you know, physically, but also mentally. And, and we were wanting to do something with running and, and we talked about, you know, a 24 hour run and I've never done anything like that. And, and he was like, well, Hey man, what about doing it and actually raising money for something? And so we were like, oh, and my wife's father, um, had, uh, Alzheimer's and he passed away last November. So I was like, well, let's, let's, how about this? And he was like, yeah, that's great. So we decided, all right. 24 hours run walk and we'll see how many miles we can get and try to raise some money while we're doing that. And to top it all off to make it more mentally challenging, he was like, Hey, what about the trail there at Cascade Hills park? I was like, buddy, that's, that's a quarter mile track. Do you realize (laughs) how many times we're going to have to run around that track? And he's like, yeah, but that's, that's the mental challenging part. And I was like, all right, well, let's do it. And, <laughs> and, it, and this is at Cascade Hills, the church where you yes. work in Columbus, Georgia. That's right. So <laughs> it's a quarter-mile dirt track uh, that goes around our little park. And uh, so about every four miles, we tried to switch directions just to help us out a little bit. So Yeah. And if I'm doing the math right, so that means 280 loops around the track? Yeah. 
That was it. Wow. So um, how do you – okay, what was the evolution of that 24 hours? What was it like? Because, I mean, were you eating and, and, and hydrating a lot? Were you mm-hmm. just kind of like exhausted with your, your legs or, or mentally as well? Uh, first, the weather, of course, was great for us the entire day. I mean, uh, it was cloudy, overcast, a little breezy. So the weather was beautiful for us. Um, but every hour we try to eat something um, from dill pickles to Pringles to – Chick-fil-A chicken noodle soup. Um, and then, of course, we try to stay hydrated with some Sarasport um, and just water and, and sometimes Coca-Cola. And, uh, you know, throughout the day, that was a big trying to make sure that we didn't eat too much, drink too much. We're sloshing. Um, and it was just it was a good balance throughout the entire thing. And um, the best part was after we did 15 miles, we had Papa John's pizza <laughs> and that hit the spot. That really did. But that was a that was a. It was interesting. It was challenging. It was. Was it, Were you worried about, I mean, eating all those different things? I mean, about your digestion, about, you know, um, needing to use the restroom or your stomach hurting at all? Or Yeah, it was um, some of the things had, we've eaten before on different runs just to test it out. And so, we, you know, some of the stuff was we knew we were going to be able to do and eat. And um, it's just a matter of how much that, you know, we didn't want to eat too much. But uh, everything was worked out good as far as our eating and drinking so we you know you're always having a you know for hydration checking your urine and seeing if it's clear or dark yellow and and so it was uh everything worked well yeah and several days removed from that 70 mile runner walk are you feeling okay you, you feel like man this is uh, that was amazing we accomplished that but i'm still sore I'm, I'm still feeling a little bit um i don't know that i'll run any this week i may do some walking um but it was uh it was definitely 70 miles is the most I've ever ran. Um, I did a 50 mile trail race back in 2017. And, uh, and so leading up to this, uh, I think the longest run me and buddy did was about 15 miles. So we were really concerned. Okay. What have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> Can we actually go the 24 hours? And, and of course, you know, it was, we did take some breaks throughout the day. Um, after we're, you know, eating and drinking, sitting down, taking a little break, but we try not to take too long a break because, your legs start stiffening up, and it's hard to get back out and get going. So yeah, but still, I mean, almost three marathons in in that time period, and so it's it's an impressive feat for yeah, sure. It was it was something else. Yeah, and you guys have raised almost four thousand dollars for the Alzheimer's Association so far. So how can folks uh, still donate because that's still going on, right? The fundraiser part. That's of right. It. That's right, and it will go on until uh, December. Um, so they can go to uh, there's a link in my bio on my Instagram page, Adam Churchwell. Um, they can also go to georgiawalt.org and they can search Columbus and they can look for our team name, which is Run to Remember, and then they donate through that. Awesome, awesome. Well, that's, that's a great cause and in honor of your father-in-law, James mm-hmm. Davis. Um, so I wanted to get to know you a little bit, um, Adam, um, you know, with the fast forward that we talked about, um, kind of some rapid fire questions. The first one is, what is your uh, job description currently at work and also at home? Okay, so I'm the Cascade Hills High School pastor, so I work with ninth through 12th graders there. Uh, at home, I'm dad to three of our kids, our three kids, and a husband and my wife, Jennifer. Okay. So we've been married almost 25 years. Now, you talked about running these 70 miles or mm-hmm. walking some as well, but what do you do on a regular, like, daily or weekly basis to, to try to stay physically fit? Um, normally, it's running, uh, and I try a couple of days during the week to do some uh, workouts at the home, um, whether it's pull-ups, push-ups, uh, some dumbbell work. Uh, 
but it's, it's hard to balance, you know, especially if you're training for a race or a long run. So there's more time is geared towards running. And, um, so I just, I like running. I like being able to just go out my door with some shoes on and go. Um, I like the trails more than anything. Uh, it's just quiet, peaceful. It gives me time to just to think, clear my head. Um, Unless I'm running with somebody, so then yeah. we talk. So <laughs> good fellowship, right? That's right. It's like it going is. golfing with somebody. You know, <laughs> you don't have to be good at it, but just have fun. <laughs> um, do you um, have a particular like a spiritual motto, or maybe even like a favorite Bible verse for you? Um, you know, there are several verses that stand out, um, but Philippians four thirteen, of course, has always been something that stood out to me. Uh, just you know, doing all things through Christ, and whether it's running, whether it's you know, for me doing karate or whatever it's been, it's. And it's more about that verse is more about in context, you know, being content with what you have. And, and so in our culture, in our world, it's so hard sometimes looking at whatever, even in racing, you know, you look at somebody like this past weekend, the Georgia Jewel race, and I saw some people, they posted, they were running a hundred mile. And I'm like, man, I only did 70, you know, <laughs> but it, it's realizing that, Hey, you know, being content with what you, what you have and, um, you know, and, and so, um, I think Philippians 4.13 is a good verse for me. Cool. And uh, closing out the, the fast four, what is something uh, unique about uh, Adam Churchwell? Um, so the martial artist part, I believe, is, is something that I did martial arts for about 25 years. Um, and so a lot of my students, some of them know, some of them don't know uh, as far as students in our high school ministry. And so whenever they find out, they're like, oh, oh really? And I'm like, Yes, it's okay. I can <laughs> baptize you or chop you in the head. I don't. So are you more Cobra Kai or Miyagi Do Because uh, <laughs> I know we talked about how you, yeah. you watched that show. So yes. are you kind of leaning one direction or the uh, other? Definitely not Cobra Kai. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it was, uh, we loved martial arts. I loved how martial arts, the discipline part. And I think that's what's really helped me with running because running is a discipline. I mean, it is, you know, days that you getting out and running where you don't feel like it, especially when the weather starts turning cooler, colder, which I'm sure it'll be a, a little while before it gets real cold. But um, it's having that discipline to say, I got to get up and go run. And I think the martial arts really helped me to have that discipline in my life. So, yeah, you talked about some running adventures. I know that you were uh, saying that you uh, have done that 50 mile trail run mm -hmm. um, kind of that's in North Georgia area. Yep. And then also uh, you were part of a relay team uh, for run across Georgia that's for right. several years. So tell me about, you know, how did you get into running? And because some people say, you know, wow, um, I really don't like running. I mean, that's probably the majority <laughs> of people, right? So uh, what made you, uh, I guess, fall in love with it? Um, I had run a little bit, um, early on just you know not much it was just a everyone now and then oh let me go run a couple of miles uh but when my son noah uh got in eighth grade at double church middle school he began doing track and when i was like well this is something we can do together i can run with him and so for a while we did we we could run together and then he just uh and usually uh he was running by himself because i couldn't keep up with him you know <laughs> he gotten fast but when he started running track, I was like, you know, I've always wanted to do a marathon. And so I had some friends at church that they were doing the soldiers marathon. And that was, um, in 2012. And so I signed up or started training July, 2012 and, um, looked at the training plan. I was like, Oh, I can do two miles, three miles, four miles, then Saturday long mile nine, you know, and, and of course it increment, you know, builds up. And, um, 
And after doing that marathon, November, 2012, I, I didn't think I was ever going to run again. I yeah. mean, my legs, I hurt so bad. One and done. I hurt that. I hurt worse than, than I did with the 70 miles I just did. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Um, but after that, it was, uh, we had some friends talk to us about the run across Georgia. And I was like, I don't, I don't really know about that, but man, I've done that four times on relay teams and, and the camaraderie you build and the relationships you build. And of course you were raising money for the house of heroes, which is a great organization. Um, and it was just, it was a great, it was a great experience doing that. Uh, um, my wife thought I was crazy doing it, you know, just staying up and anyway. Um, but it was something I could also do. I got to do with my son, uh, about two or three of those times. So it was, it was running can just, it brings together, uh, people from all walks of life. And, uh, and you really, um, I know some people used like you said, say, why would you run? You know, uh, unless a dog's chasing me, I'm not running for anything. <laughs> but for me, it is something that um, you can go out, you can do by yourself if you just feel like going and not having to be with anybody or these group runs or running with a person, you know, to hold, hold you accountable. Um, so it, it's really, it's a great thing to get out and just be out in nature and be out and you know, outside. So, yeah. And your son Noah, very fast, one yes. of the fastest around here. He ran for, you know, high school and college teams recently graduated from Columbus state university. Right. So uh, what, what was that like? I mean, was that for you, you know, um, a lot of people, maybe you're listening, their moms or dads, how important was that bonding or that shared experience with him? Even if you weren't, necessarily together the same speed but what did that mean to him and to you yeah so uh knowing that we couldn't we wouldn't run the same speed but we would both he'd come in from practice or uh, a meet and i got the ability, uh the chance to go to a lot of his meets uh when he got of course in college some of them were a little bit further so i didn't get to go as many but um i went to most of them and we would talk about all right what was your splits you know what you know and so we had this uh, always conversation about running. Uh, you know, if I tell him I, I just ran 15 miles or, you know, he, he placed at this race or whatever. And so it was just, it was something we always had to talk about. And, and, uh, you know, and since mid March, since they canceled the spring season of track, he hadn't really ran much. Um, but he came out Saturday and of course he ran a couple of miles with us in the morning when you were there. Um, and we do appreciate you coming and running five miles with us. Hey, it was great. Five miles out of the 70. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then he, Noah shows up later that day and he says, I'm going to run the, the last 12 hours with you. I said, are you sure? He said, yeah. And so he did almost the last 12 hours. He got in 26 miles and he hasn't ran more than two or three since March. Cause you guys were doing anywhere. You started off maybe three or four miles per hour, but it got to probably where it was about two miles mm -hmm. an hour. Yeah. So he, um, he ran about 20, his first time running 26 miles ever. And so he was feeling a little bit the next day, wow. but he's good, but he's now he's, he's, he's like, Hey, I found this race. It's a six hour, 12 hour, 24 hour race in Hampton, Georgia. And he's like, I, I want to do this in November. I was like, well, so anyway, it's again, it's something we can continue talking about. Yeah. And we, it's, it's great. Turnabout is fair play because he got you into it. And now mm -hmm. you're kind of maybe getting him back into it post college yeah, career. Right? Maybe that's right. <laughs> um, and tell me about, you know, um, you know, uh, you were, t we were talking about how some people just don't like running. So, you know, um, your advice for, you know, is somebody maybe started blooming late in terms of as a runner. Um, cause I started when I was in my thirties and, and kind of came late to the game. What would you tell people about fitness in general? I, you know, um, and, and, 
uh, how to kind of get motivated and do you have to have kind of a true why? Cause some people love the gym. Some people hate the gym. You mm-hmm. know? I would say that, you know, first of all, it's, it's really trying to find something that you can enjoy. You know, if you don't like running, then, you know, uh, find something, whether it's kickboxing, whether it's weights, whether it's, uh, you know, paddle boarding or what, whatever it may be, find something that you can enjoy. Uh, now for some people, they just may say, you know, I got to go lift weights and that's what I'm going to do. But it's, it's coming up with that routine and making it a part of your daily life. You know, this day I'm doing this running this day, I'm, I'm lifting weights this way, you know, but it's, it's finding something that I think that you can enjoy because if you enjoy it, you're going to be able to, it's going to be, it's going to last longer. You know, it's, if I didn't like running, there's no way I would go out there and do 70 miles. I mean, there's just no way. Now, did I enjoy all 70 miles? <laughs> you know, it was rough. But it's uh, it's finding something that you enjoy doing. And, and for some people, it's finding something that you can do with someone. You know, not everybody can, you know, working out at home is hard. You know, because some days if you wake up and you're like, well, nobody's going to meet me here. So I don't have anybody hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. But if you're working out with somebody at the gym or you're going to meet somebody somewhere, it does help you hold you, know, hold you accountable to say, I'm going to continue this routine, whatever it may be. Yeah. So um, I, I love the run and, and, and I do like working out, but it's just trying to balance it out. Yeah, and you know they always say that you find time for things that you're passionate about. So right. people say I'm busy, but you'll find time. You know, um, and you were talking earlier about discipline, about how you know if you care about something, you'll have the discipline to stay on that schedule and hold yourself or others accountable. And um, that was something that karate maybe helped give you martial arts. Mm-hmm. Um, so how was that for you? What was your journey like in terms of how did you become a martial arts instructor and and, and have your own? Uh, um, is it a dojo or gym or? Yeah, we just called it a karate school. So, okay, there you go, karate yeah. school. <laughs> Everybody's got different, you know, terms. Uh, um, but I was 12 years old when my mom and dad gave me karate lessons for a Christmas present, me and my sister both. And um, and it was something, it was a gift that just kept on giving. They they never had any idea that it was something that would, uh, for me, long-term like that. Um, we opened our karate school up. It was uh, January of 1997. I had just graduated, uh, well, I'd almost graduated from CSU with my teaching degree. And so I'd always loved teaching, you know, uh, being with kids and working with kids. And uh, the martial arts was just something I, I just loved at that moment and that time in my life. And um, and so we opened a karate school and uh, and and it we had it for about 14 years. And so the martial arts does it does so much uh, for kids and adults alike. I mean, the flexibility. Not everybody's flexible. Not every kid is flexible. Um, it helps them focus. It helps them, you know, show respect. Um, and a lot of parents would worry about their kids becoming aggressive, you know, learning how to fight. And and we would tell them, look, the the ones that are learning martial arts, they're less likely to be that bully because they're more confident. You know, martial arts, I saw kids that were so shy that would never talk to you and look in you in the face. But the martial arts taught them to do that and have that confidence about themselves. And so um, martial arts did a lot for me, and, and, and I enjoyed it. Uh, but then I kind of transitioned into um, student ministry. I started, uh, I'd always volunteered at church, and my wife and I have been going to Cascade Hills for um, almost 25 years now. And um, I always worked with kids. Um, but there was a summer there that they didn't have a youth high school pastor and they had asked me and my wife to kind of oversee the summer events and things. And so we did. And, and I was like, man, this is, 
This is it. This is, and so um, one thing led to another, a lot of prayer, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, talking to our counselors and our pastors and, you know, um, and August of 20, uh, of 2010, I came on staff as high school pastor. And uh, then, of course, we ended up selling karate school. And um, and so now I've been in ministry for right at 10 years. And uh, students, I, I love working with high school students. There's so much coming against them in the world and the culture. And they need, you know, there's so many, of course, you know, they, we all need God. So, you know, that, but these students, man, they want to know, like, how can I take what what's taught from the Bible and apply it? now you know and so we love trying to do that and try to um let them know that what they read in the bible they can't apply it's 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 real it's relevant what you read and um but also just build those relationships because high school is it's about relationships and so it's um it's been fun it's a challenge this last six months have been a challenge for student ministry with this whole covid quarantine thing uh doing online messages and um it's been weird but, yeah, but I I love what we're doing and and uh, and trying to help students and you know figure out that man they're all created by God and they all have gifts they all have talents. Um, it's just trying to figure out what that is and not and not being jealous of what other people have you know their yeah. gifts and talents. So. The, com- the comparison trap. Yes, um, it's such a big thing with social media these days. And for you, I mean that transition from karate and being a teacher to now, I mean you're a teacher still, but. Um, you know, in, uh, in the church and with the youth group, um, you know, have you, you know, with karate, when you were doing that for so long, you know, since you were 12 and then teaching and having your own, um, you know, karate school, was, were there elements of faith that were a part of that for you? Were you, I mean, were you a Christian and say, okay, the, I mean, you hear about like the balance mm. and, uh, different things because, because people think karate, punching, kicking, fighting. Right. Um, but were, were there, there kind of really some kind of uh, merging of faith and karate for you? Yeah, so we 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 always try to make sure that we were known as you know a Christian karate school. It wasn't like you know we we uh, had prayer during our you know class or anything like that. We would pray at our testings, um, and and people knew you know. And and there were times that you know we would share about that. And and if they didn't have a church, we'd invite people to come to our church and just. So we, we tried to just, I mean, we would teach different values and virtues that we learn in church, you know, being kind and considerate and, and trying to make sure that our students understood that and like a personal development plan almost. Yeah. Honoring your father and mother is yes. a big thing, you know. And so it, it did for us, um, you know, it kind of went hand in hand and, and because we, we felt like um, God allowed us to open that school up and that, you know, it was our responsibility to, to use that as almost as our faith outreach, you know, uh, our business. So, um, that was, uh, I, I think that was something we did that kind of bridged both of them together. Yeah. And you were talking earlier about how, um, you know, trying to have church in a pandemic and maybe not be able to literally be in person for months and months with these kids where relationships are such a, a vital part of mm. the ministry. Um, so, you know, have you had to get creative with that? I mean, in social media and, and videos, is that something that's really kind of, um, d- does that kind of get the attention of teenagers and adults as well? I think, you know, once this whole pandemic started, um, everybody was, uh, adults and, and, and students were, our numbers, you know, I think, and not just here for our church, but 
everywhere, um, online numbers went up. Like, I mean, people, the, but over time, you know, I think people just, I got, well, I can watch it anytime. I don't have to get up on Sunday morning and watch. I can, you know, watch it whenever. And so numbers kind of started decreasing and people just, you know, you, you just kind of get out of the routine of doing that. And so it was hard, um, building those relationships. A lot of our small group leaders, that's, that's the ones we rely on with our student ministry and is for them, you know, they tried zooming and, and for some of the students, you know, they just zoomed out there, there, <laughs> I, I don't want to get on, you know, and do that anymore. And so some of them, you know, once things started opening up a little bit, they started having, you know, a, a meeting with their small group and, you know, socially distance. And, um, so it, it was definitely, it was hard. It was tough. And I think a lot of students and, and people in general, uh, went through depression and went through, you know, cause people just, we were made to be with each other. And so for some of them, they really had a hard time with this, this time. And so uh, I'm so glad we're starting to open back up and, and, you know, schools are finally, I think most of them for the most part, you still have a choice. You can be online or go, but they're opening up a lot more. And I think students are just missing that. Yeah. You know, just being around people. Yeah. Do what do you think that, I mean, besides the, the, the um the need for relationships and kind of that camaraderie with each other um anything that you think we've learned uh whether you know as as a pastor or as a father and husband yourself that we've learned from just these uh you know quarantining and mm. self isolating over the i mean it's been six months now yeah um I think uh you know from the faith side i mean we don't have to be in church to grow in our faith, you know we can grow in our faith and still not be in the physical church building but we're also made to fellowship, you know, created a fellowship with one another. And, uh, and so that, that was, I think part of missing, you know, um, yeah, you can worship at home, but man, corporate worship is just something that, you know, is, is good for all of us. Um, uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, got to spend more time with family. Uh, and that was true for us. We got to spend a lot more time with our family. We had a lot of dinners together, um, did a lot of hiking trips together and that was great. It was good for us. Um, and then for some people, you know, spend a lot of time with family wasn't a good thing, you know? <laughs> so it, there's been good and neck, neck, you know, good and bad that's came out of that. Um, and then we've seen some people, you know, you heard, you know, I think the joke is a quarantine 15 talking about gaining the weight yeah. over this. Uh, but some people have lost weight. They've used this time to, Hey, I'm going to start running or walking or, you know, doing something outside. Um, so it's been it's been very, uh, you know, talk, unexpected changes. You've seen some of these changes throughout this time. So um, I think it's taught us quite a bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've watched some, a few of your videos that you uh, present. Uh, you have, like, I think it's called a Monday Motivation yeah. that you put out there for the Cascade Hills um, students, the high schoolers. Um, and one of them was uh, how we can show our faith and stand in the gap. Mm. Uh, was recently you did that. So tell us about that, about what that means to stand in the gap. Uh, because there's, I mean, obviously in today's world, there's so many people that are, that are hurting and a lot of times they just don't show it. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they're, like you said, the comparison trap. They're watching, okay, oh, my friends are enjoying themselves and they're living the life. But that's kind of maybe how you portray yourself. So tell us about standing in the gap. Uh, so, you know, I think we all, we all need somebody that's going to stand there for us because there are going to be times where, you know, 
uh, even in your Christian life, you, you're going to be times where it's going to be up and down kind of. You're going to be in the valleys. You're going to have those moments where it's like, you know, even uh, when you look at the prophet Elijah who uh, had this great mountain experience, you know, defeating all of these prophets of Baal and then the queen says, I'm going to kill you now. And, and he takes off and runs, you know, and he has this moment of depression and, and uh, I'm not just, I want to die kind of thing. And, you know, and for our students and, and I think people in general, you know, it's, it's having somebody that's going to be there for you, you know, having that friend that's going to be honest with you, uh, regardless, you know, uh, and they're going to be honest, they're going to be there for you. And, and true friendship is hard to come by. I think these days, it's really where some, a lot of friendships are very shallow, very surface level, you know, how you doing? And you just, I am good. And everybody just keeps going, but to have those true friendships that will be honest with you. And when they see something that you start doing that, uh, maybe they start seeing your attitude change, or maybe they start seeing you, you know, uh, drifting away from, uh, your values and, and they stand up and, and they're there for you and, and almost confront you about it, but it's because they care about you, you know, and, and that's what we try to, with our leaders and our students, you know, sometimes we call our students out when we see their social media posts and, and it's not that we're trying to pick on them, but we're like, Hey man, I saw what you posted and that's not lining up with what you say to us and you know, what we think. And, and so it's just, it's trying to hold them accountable and, and having those true friends that will stand in the gap for you, you know, when you need somebody and that are there for you. So, yeah, you can tell them action speaks louder than words. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. And, uh, one of the other videos that I, that I saw, um, on there was on, on your Facebook page and you probably post elsewhere as well is, um, how, how life's not fair. I mean, we hear, we hear that a lot growing up as kids. Mm. We say that as, as parents that's nowadays. Right. And uh, a lot of times our kids don't want to hear that <laughs> or they, they ask why. And you say, because I said so, <laughs> Because I'm your father, um, so um, you know life's not fair. You know that's a, a phrase that kind of is thrown out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. But but what does that truly mean? You know, especially in a world right now where things just seem like they're just not going well. That's right, um, man. I I think you know when we look at you know even the life of Jesus, you know what he went through. You know it wasn't fair to him. I mean he was perfect. He was, you know, he had done nothing wrong, but yet he took all that for us. And so in our lives, I mean, you know, uh, when, whether you're a Christian or not, life's not going to fair, you know, you, there are going to be things, sometimes that are good things that happen to you. Sometimes there are going to be bad things that happen to you. And it's, and really looking at your situation and not letting that turn you, uh, and, and having that bitterness or being cynical about everything or everybody, because it's so easy to look at it and go, well, that's not fair. They got this when I deserve it. And in our minds, we're thinking about ourselves and, you know, that ego kind of pops up sometimes. And, you know, it's really looking at that and go, okay, you know, this is the hand I've been dealt with. How can I use this? Um, You know, I think God allows us to go through certain things. I mean, the Bible tells us that we will go through persecutions. We will go through trials and it's saying, okay, how can I come through this and be better for it? And I think it's the same thing with this whole quarantine thing. Is is really is how do we come out of this better than what we were beforehand? You know, and so you know, a lot of people started reading books. They started growing. They started, you know, what can I do to be better? You know, with this extra time for some of them that had. Um, but it's we can all do the woe is me um, when things are not going well and when things are not fair. And, uh, but it's really saying, okay, um, 
I know there's people out there that have it worse than I have it. You know, what can I learn through this experience? And you may be going through something just to be able to help somebody else later on that's going through the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I mean, running is symbolic for that as well because, I mean, having done a 50-mile trail run, you know, pretty much without stopping and then the 70-mile run walk, I mean, does that, like, you have hills and valleys mentally there where you're feeling mm-hmm. like, okay, how do I push through? Like, because, I mean, it's, you know, it can be severe fatigue and then you have things that are aching all over where you didn't even know you had muscles. Mm-hmm. So how do, you, how do you, I mean, does that, for you, does that vary, like, similar to, like, you know, when you're facing challenges, hills and valleys in life? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that 50-mile race, definitely. That was, um, that was a, a, a moment where, you know, you had to push through. And um, because there, at certain points, you're thinking, why, why, am I, why did I pay for this? <laughs> why did <laughs> I, I pay? I, I chose this. <laughs> yeah. And so it is, a, it, it is a point where, for me as a dad, um, as a husband, and, and even for my students and our student ministry, I wanted, you know, I'm like, I can't quit. I, what kind of example is that, you know? And, and, you know, because life is going to be hard sometimes and, and you're going to have to deal with, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, the death of a loved one or, you know, we've had a couple of deaths of our students and our student ministry. And that was, man, that was tough. That was hard. And trying to, you know, talk to these students about their faith and, and how to come through this and understanding life's going to be hard. And sometimes you just have to have that mindset that, you know, I'm not quitting. I'm not going to quit on my marriage, you know, whenever that is. I'm not going to quit on, you know, my dreams or my goals or a school or whatever it may be. And for me, those races have, have that helped me with that mindset to say, you know, I got to keep going. You know, even if I'm going slow, I'm going to keep going and just be steady. And uh, I think a lot of times in our culture, we're so we want that instant gratification and doing those long runs, uh, races, there's no instant gratification. It's, it's going to take some time. And, uh, and so, but once you do it, man, you look back on it, just like in your, your faith, you look back on the times that God's brought you through certain things that when you get to the next trial, you're like, you know what, man, God's already brought me through these things. I know he's going to get me through this. I may not see how it's going to happen, but he's going to get me through. And so, um, I think running has done a lot of that for me just to mentally push through things. And, and that's what I've heard a lot. Um, uh, even psychologists have talked about ultra runners and how they can withstand a lot of pain physically, but also mentally when they go through things, they have the ability to push through. So it, it's kind of neat when you think about it like that. Yeah. It's, uh, and I think I had a friend one time that, uh, he's somebody that's, I think, attempted or done a 100-mile race. He says, make pain your friend, and you'll never be lonely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those things where sometimes, you know, listen, you know, embrace the suck, as, as, they, <laughs> as they say in the Army, right? Yeah. As well. Uh, well, thank you so much, Pastor Adam Churchwell, for coming on the podcast. And I, I, use, I close out as well with a prayer, so I would like to kind of pass on, off that a privilege to you if you can uh, close us out in prayer. Today. Oh, yeah. Thank you. God, we just thank you for uh, this time and uh, this opportunity. And uh, God, I just pray that one, that you would just uh, continue just to watch over us and in our country and the world. And um, Lord, we just, we know that you have everything under control. And so we just have to trust in your promises, even when things uh, don't look well, things are not going well, uh, but we just focus on you, God. And so Lord, we thank you. Um, we pray that you continue to bless today and uh, the days that come. But help us keep our eyes on you and uh, 
Lord, we thank you again for loving us. All these things are in your name. Amen. Oh, amen. Well, thank you again so much again for joining us. Maybe yeah. you, we'll see you out there. Maybe you'll join your son Noah on one of these <laughs> 6, 12, or 24-hour yeah, challenges. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> You've got him out there. So, uh, yeah. so good luck to you. Thanks yeah. again. Thank you for having me. And it was really cool to hear Adam talk about, uh, you know, his, his father-son bonding uh, that, that maybe got him into running. And now I'm going to get his, uh, his son, who's a recent college graduate, back into running. So it's great. You know, my son, who is a high school junior running for his uh, high school's cross-country and track team, it's really something that we can share, a shared interest. And anything you can find with your t- kids, especially when they're teenagers, that's a key for sure. Now turning to our final segments of this uh, Run the Race podcast, uh, a parting gift, some inspiration from an ultra runner. And also food for thought when it comes to faith, fitness, and ultra running. We're going to start on uh, the uh, faith or religion side of things. I found a blog called Barefoot in Arizona. It's uh, subtitled The Misadventures of a Barefoot Minimalist Ultra Runner Exploring Some of the Greatest Places on Earth. So uh, the title of this blog from several years ago was Why Ultra Running is the Most Christian Sport. Very interesting. He talked about spending the weekend at, at this event called the Javelina Jundred 100-Mile Ultra in Fountain Hills, Arizona. And he said he expected to see, you know, uh, great feats of the human effort, all these runners, and he saw that. But he also, uh, what made a big impression for him was the non-runners, the volunteers, the crew members, friends and family, and the pacers, the way they, they gathered around, supported the runners all the way through. And he said it reminded him of Jesus washing his disciples' feet, or the Good Samaritan. And uh, he had two phrases, he said, running through his mind during that whole weekend of this 100-mile race, Christ-like love and a servant's heart. And he said runners, especially ultra runners, are usually eager to help and encourage each other uh, no matter what. That's really their focus, not necessarily on winning. And what this really adds up to is it's a, it's a sport, he says. It's infused with love, generosity, and selfless service. And, uh, you know, you immerse yourself in this ultra running community. The more you run, the more you pace and crew and volunteer, you get exposed to, to what he calls a real Christ-like love and uh, he, he quoted Romans twelve fifteen, which says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And uh, an ultra-marathon uh, ultra may seem to have no purpose because he's like, why would you run 50 miles? Why would you run 100 miles, right? Well, it ends up being a time for, for strangers to come together and treat each other the way that we should be treating others every single day. So maybe it's a good practice for us on how we should treat others in our everyday lives. Uh, behave the other six days the way you behave on Sunday. For the ultra-running community, uh, he thinks that is uh, doubly true, not just for church members. And on the fitness side of things, I found an interesting article from this year in the Houston Chronicle called, For These Priests, Religion and Running Go Hand in Hand. Uh, it, th- this is a great line to start off the article. It says, don't be fooled by the fact that they're priests. So he talks about these men of the cloth taking on the track, and uh, they believe that religion and running can go hand in hand. These priests of the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston, they were training for a 5K. The Reverend uh, T.I. Dolce said, like a number of priests in greater Houston, he considers running to be a great form of exercise. He calls it stress relief, good for the heart, good prayer time. You get a chance to meditate and reflect. 
Meantime, the Reverend Richard McNelly, he says the exercise has taught him to pace himself. He says, quote, I'm going to hit times when everything falls apart and I have to keep going. There are times when I find a rhythm and it's easy and there are times when I am sprinting. So running symbolic for life. The Reverend Richard Luchin, Luke Millette says, quote, there's something intrinsic to the fact that you're moving. And when I'm outside in the beauty of nature, I feel closest to God. He sees running as really a metaphor for life, learning to focus on the journey and the steps you take and, uh, and pushing yourself through challenges and, and through the pain and through the suffering that, uh, that you're bound to experience in running and in life. And of course, you know, being a priest or really any of us, any job comes with a high amount of stress. And uh, regular exercise is a, is a great way to alleviate stress. Uh, they, they say it's scientific, it's chemical, and uh, definitely well, well, bound to help you with mental health. So why not do it and get, get moving, figure out something you want to do. Like our guest, Adam Churchwell, said, you know, whatever it is, just, just find something where you can keep moving. And our parting gift for today, an inspirational quote from Dean Karnazes, the ultra-marathon man, uh, from a book he wrote called Confessions of an All-Night Runner. He says, Karnazes, quote, if you're not pushing yourself beyond the comfort zone, if you're not constantly demanding more from yourself, expanding and learning as you go, you're choosing a numb existence. You're denying yourself an extraordinary trip. And I've seen some documentaries with him. He's run multiple 100 milers and run across America, ran a marathon in all 50 states in 50 days, which is really just astounding. And uh, so he, he's very talented, but very humble. And he talks about how, you know, get out of your comfort zone and, and uh, you just got to, you know, really expand your mind and, and your body as well. And uh, it's going to be an extraordinary thing that you can see come out of that. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this Run the Race podcast. And uh, looking forward to episode 40 as well. Next week's podcast, you're not going to want to miss it. Talking to a lady named Charlotte who recently biked across America uh, through numerous states, more than 3,000 miles in a matter of less than three months. And she also uh, uh, teaches yoga for a living. So we're going to talk to her about flexibility and about exercise and how and why she did this uh, biking across America and uh, how she's feeling about that and also being a military spouse. Looking forward to talking to uh, Charlotte on the next episode of the Run the Race podcast. Until next time, have a great day. God bless.